watch the breakdown. And here we go. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Chris Davis. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer. Cut. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Alabama wins. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Campus to Campus podcast. And tonight we're going to go over the, uh, this will be a quote-unquote NFL podcast for, for one time uh, one time this year. We're going to go over the the uh, the, uh, the draft recap, and we're going to talk of, you know, pretty much all the first round, a good chunk of the second round, and hit on a couple guys we like in the third through the seventh round. But uh, before we get started all that, let me bring in my coach real quick. J.D., what's going on, bro? Yeah, not much, man. Uh, NFL drafts. You know, prolonged it takes three days, but um, but it's good content. It's that's always nice to have some some more football than other than just spring games going on. It is. It's it does take a long damn time. I know I got lucky enough to where I was walking onto a plane flying back from Las Vegas from for work last week, and as I'm starting to board, of course the draft kicks off, and I, I'm not able to catch the picks as they're coming out. Internet was good enough on the flight, you know, shout out to Southwest, you know, hashtag not a sponsor. Uh, could be a sponsor. That'd be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, they had great internet, so I was able to watch the entire first round of the draft, all 32 picks from my plot flight because it was a four-hour flight. It took so long to get back home. But at least I was uh, had something to do. I only passed out once or twice. So, But, all right, before we get started up, before we get started up, have you guys hit the links yet this spring? Let me guess, you're probably probably a lot like me, and uh, you lost more than a couple balls during your round. That's where Mollybox comes in. Mollybox is this monthly subscription that sends you a gift box every month with balls, tees, and some awesome accessories or tools to take your game to the next level. Whether you're chucking up the local muni or strapping it down the country club, Mollybox is a perfect fit for any golfer. And now using our link, you can get an extra sex accessory. Using promo code R10, you get $10 off your first box. That's a beer and a hot dog on, on the turn on Mollybox. Again, use the link in the episode description and use promo code R10 to elevate your gear game to the next level with Mollybox today. All right, J.D., you ready to rock and roll on some draft recap? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So, no big surprise. Trevor Lawrence goes first overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so JD, I guess what we'll do is I'm going to read through the whole first round and then we'll kind of, we'll kind of backtrack and go over a couple folks. You good with that? Yes, sir. All right. So Trevor Lawrence goes 101. 102 is Zach Wilson. 103 is Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts goes fourth. Jamar Chase fifth. Jalen Waddle sixth. Seventh is Penny Sewell. Sewell, uh, Sewell. You're going to have to correct me on these, uh, butchered names here for too long. <laughs> Uh, J.C. Horn, uh, eighth to, to Carolina. Ninth is Patrick Chetan to Denver. Uh, Philly takes Devonta Smith at 10. Justin Fields at 11 to Chicago. The Cowboys take Michael Parsons. Rashawn Slater, who is probably my favorite pick in the first round all, all the way around, goes 13th to uh, Chicago. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker to the Jets at 14. Mac Jones to the Patriots at 15, which is just seems like the most prototypical Patriots quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Xavier Collins at 16 to Arizona. Alex Leatherwood at 17 to Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas. Jalen Phillips at 18 to Miami. Uh, is that Jammin? Is that Jammin Davis? Is that his name? Jammin. Jammin. Jamin. I'm not going to call him Jamin. He's Jamin. All right. <laughs> Jamin Davis at 19 to the Washington football team. Kadarius Tony at 20 to New York Giants. Uh, Quiddy Pay. Pay? Pay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No way that, that's, that I pronounced that right. <laughs> Upset. How about that? All right. He's uh, went 21st overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Caleb Farley to the Tennessee Titans at 22. Christian Darisaw. At, to the Minnesota Vikings at 23, Najee Harris at 24 to the Steelers, Travis Etienne 
at 25 to the for the second pick of the Jaguars. Greg Newsom the second at 26 to the Browns. Rashad Bateman 27 to the uh, to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Peyton Turner goes to the Saints at 28. Eric Stokes goes to Green Bay with the ultimate fuck you to uh, to Aaron Rodgers at 29. Gregory mm. Russo. That's such a stupid way to spell that name, Russo. <laughs> Gregory Russo, thirtieth to the Bills. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah. Who's the next guy? Odafi. Uh, and yeah, he's got. He said he's going by his actual first name, which I, I don't even have in front of me. But yeah, away. We're gonna call him away. Away at thirty-first back to the uh, to the Ravens, and then thirty-second overall is uh, Joe Tryon to uh, to Tampa Bay. All right, so starting back up at the top. Uh, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you. You follow the draft significantly closer than I do. So kind of give us your thoughts and where you want to talk about going forward. Yeah, I think uh, we should start with the quarterbacks. Obviously, the first three picks were quarterbacks. Uh, and in my opinion, probably the story of the draft was uh, the Justin Fields situation and, you know, him falling. Uh, you know, he got picked 11. It's not like he fell super far. He was almost the top 10 pick, right? And he, he still looks like he's – the quarterback of a team's future. It looks like Chicago's mm-hmm. going to roll with him as their future. So it's not like this is a crazy storyline, but um, I think, I think it was the story of the draft to me is I was, I still don't really get how that happened. I still don't really understand what happened even after reading <laughs> through the articles and stories. Like uh, you just don't see this. Um, so pretty much what happens every single draft, right. We've been watching a lot of these, it's, it's but they pretty much all follow the same pattern. Um, these quarterbacks uh, just catch a tremendous amount of hype and a tremendous amount of buzz after they've already played their last college games. Um, Zach Wilson, right, all of a sudden becomes the number two pick from being a nobody a season ago. Uh, Trey Lance goes from having the worst, you know, accuracy numbers once you look at the of any uh, first round pick in the last couple of years. He goes from that and then only having one season of starting experience to all of a sudden he's the number three pick. Uh, you, you know, it happens every single these quarter These quarterbacks, it just happens. Trubisky, where, where the hell did Trubisky come from when he got drafted, right? It's just, yeah. it, it's the buzz. It's the buzz and then everybody believes it and everybody's reading it. And then, you know, everybody kind of follows each other and then now everybody loves Zach Wilson at two, right? Or, you know, that, everybody says big, Trey Lance. The yeah. whole big uh, group think thing. It's all yeah, group every, thing. Everybody can't help, you know, have, you know, form their own opinion. So they got to, you know, go to ESPN to see who they should be rooting for to be taken at number two overall. And, you know, then it's – and look, and don't get me wrong. Zach Wilson had a great year. I, I, I talked highly of him all season long. But at the end of the day, man, I just – I still don't get Lance or Wilson going before Fields. And I, I'll never understand it. But that's also why I'm probably not paid – uh, some pretty uh, some pretty big money to make sure I scout talent coming out of uh, college. So. Yeah, it, it still doesn't make sense. So the thing with Fields, how does he not catch buzz? Like he 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 started as you know he's he's definitely a top two quarterback, maybe top three. If you really don't like him, and I'm not even the biggest Justin Fields fan, but when you start that high, you, you have to have like something dramatic happen for you to fall out. There has to be a medical concern. Uh, maybe you play extremely poorly, like something has to happen. And it feels nothing happened. Like he did nothing except play great. Um, he's extremely athletic. He's very accurate. And he, you know, he played some pretty stiff competition. And like I said, he, he did nothing but play well. He performed well. So it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like even if you're not the biggest fan of him, which I'm not, that's the quarterback that gets drafted in the top five picks every single year. Like I don't understand looking at this profile. And the only thing I can see so far, like we said, there's the character concern things or picking up the playbook things, which uh, may or may not be true. And then you have right. Some teams didn't like his throwing motion. And I understand that, but in my opinion, it just did not. I, I just didn't get it. How, how, how he falls out of the top five when it seems like a quarterback with his production and with his recruiting pedigree and especially him being there to start the season and doing nothing wrong. I, I still don't get it. And Hey, full disclosure. Good for, good for the, good for the bears. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, they, they've been lacking for a lot of years is, is a good competent starting quarterback. I mean, Trubisky had his moments, Nick Foles had his moments, but they've really struggled. They had an NFL or not NFL. They had a championship caliber, caliber defense 
a couple of years ago and ended up not going because one, the offense just really wasn't getting it done. And then they get the unfortunate double doink, you know, in the playoffs, but uh, good for Chicago for being able that, I bet they were just doing backflips with, uh, with fields falling to him at 11. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm a Justin Fields guy. I'm just uh the draft is all about value and, you know, assets. And I, I just don't understand this one, but I, I, I wouldn't call Chicago an ideal landing spot. I think I think Trey Lance got the perfect landing spot to the 49ers. And oh no, there's no doubt about that. That is by far <laughs> the best spot because the San Francisco yeah. 49ers are what two years removed from a Super Bowl run, right? You know, minus every every single person on the team getting hurt. You know, they would have probably competed last year, even with uh, yeah. you know bum Jimmy Garoppolo. So good for Trey. Definitely good for Trey Lance. Yeah. So now, I mean, with that landing spot on fields, it's not it's not going to be super easy for him. I, I don't think it's like the worst landing spot in the world. At least he, you know, he has Allen Robinson. There's some things to work with. But if Fields doesn't really end up working out as being a fantastic quarterback, I, I think if he would have gone to the 49ers, I, I I would be extremely surprised if he went to the 49ers and wasn't successful. But yeah. now that's that's a guessing game now because it didn't no, happen. No doubt at all. All right. So. Uh, so we of course got Lawrence at number one, Wilson two, Lance at three. Then you got to scroll on down and keep on going to eleven to get to Fields. But what's your take on Mac Jones going to the Patriots at fifteen? Yeah, Mac Jones. He he seems. You know, we're we're kind of Mac Jones fans on this podcast. I would say I'm um, like I'm a Mac Jones fan. I'm not hating. Yeah, I, I we, wouldn't. I wouldn't take him over Fields or Lawrence. Don't get me. Don't hear no. what I'm not saying. But I would have t- taken him third over the, of the five for sure. Yeah, I I think he's going to be fine. I definitely think he's at worst. You know, a backup, maybe a pretty good backup. Um, so I, I definitely think he has a chance to start. Um, and it, it seems like this may not be the worst landing spot for him. I mean, obviously, we've seen what New England can do. They're in a down spot right now, but. Uh, I mean, you know, the Tom Brady comparisons have been kind of beaten to death already, but oh I do God. think. <laughs> Hold on, Let's, I gotta get on. I gotta get on this one. I gotta jump in. Shut up, folks. Listen, <laughs> yeah. you stop, uh, stop comparing a kid that is has not even played an NFL down yet. Stop comparing to the greatest quarterback that's ever played in the NFL. It's not. It's not really debatable at this point anymore. Your debate went out the window whenever he won a Super Bowl without being without having Bill Belichick on the sideline. The debate's over. It is what it is. Whether you like it, whether you don't, it doesn't make any difference. The guy's got what seven championships, been to ten Super Bowls. Is that right? Sounds right. I think that's right. E- either way, he's got more championships than anybody else. He's been to more Super Bowls than anybody else. The debate's over with. So stop comparing a guy that really has only started one. One season in college, had a great season. Mm-hmm. Stop making comparisons to the greatest NFL player, especially the greatest NFL quarterback to ever play. It's a little too early for that. All right. This is goes along with the, you know, whole GOAT conversation we had last week. Tom Brady. Tom Brady fits inside that GOAT category. Mac Jones is not even in a discussion of, with Tom Brady. I don't care how much he watches film. I don't care how good he is in the pocket. Shut up. Let him prove it. Let him go out. Let him play a little while. Let him prove it first. And then we can start making some comparisons, though. But just because he's, you know, kind of chubby and white doesn't mean you get to compare him to, uh, to Tom Brady, okay? All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. Yeah, last thing. Just the, the landing spot, it seems about right. Even, you know, middle of the first round, 15. It, it seems right to Mac Jones. I know there was a lot of rumors. He's going three to 49ers. And while, you know, we're, we're both kind of Mac Jones guys, um, I, I I would have felt I would not have felt great if he would have gone number three. I just I don't think he would have lived up to his building as a number three guy. At least now in the middle of the first round. I mean, obviously you're still you know the expectation is still that hopefully you're the quarterback of the future. But I, I just find this to be a better landing spot for Mac Jones. It seems to fit more for Mac. Definitely, definitely, I definitely agree with you there. All right, so we got any other quarterbacks sneaking in the back now? So that's all. That's all the quarterbacks in there. So let's. Let's have a conversation about some of the uh, some of the wide receivers taken, especially the early wide receivers, and uh, we'll just we'll just we'll just roll right through them. So, well, before we go there, let's talk about Kyle Pitts. That way, we can get the uh, the only relevant tight end in the draft out of the way, except for you know you know some of the late round guys that we like. So, so so lay it on me on Kyle Pitts. What's your thoughts there? 
I think Kyle Pitts, um, you know, to use the word last week, the phrase that there you is, hate so it. much. I, see I don't hate it when it's used properly. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Pitts is a freak. Okay. He's a freak athlete. I agree um, with it in this case. I agree. <laughs> he is. I mean, Kyle Pitts don't come along very often. Um, probably, I, I at this point, who knows, you know, the game evolves, but probably once every five years and some people would you know be a bit more hyperbolic and i've heard people saying every 10 years whatever generational talent whatever it is oh there's um, another one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm not going quite that far but i just think he's super rare i think he's going to be a weapon i i don't think anybody knows exactly how he's going to be used you know probably more of a jimmy graham tight end role or maybe he even transitions out to wide receiver full-time especially if they do move on from julio like they're saying so i actually i just think Everybody thinks Kyle Pitts is a beast. I'm, I'm not crazy. I, I totally agree he's a beast. And if you're that good of a threat, if you're that much of a threat in the passing game, in today's passing game in the NFL, I think you're going to succeed somehow. So I actually am totally fine with him being number four. Usually I'm not, I'm not for tight ends being drafted that highly, but he's not exactly your, your usual tight end. It's what he brings in the receiving game mostly. Yeah, he's he's not he's not the typical every, everyday average tight end that comes out. Uh, four overall is a huge – Huge investment in a tight end. So you know that they're going to use him and use him early and use him often. So uh so Kyle Pitts, I I you know, he was he would have been my tight end one going into last year for for CFF purposes. Uh I would have drafted him all over the place. I loved Kyle Pitts. Um and good for him going to going to Atlanta. That offense is, is slated to look pretty damn good, especially with uh with Matt Ryan over the next couple of years, or having a an established Matt Ryan for the next at least two years. Uh, you know, you got Julio, Calvin Ridley, and now Pitts out there. It's it's looking it's looking they're they're looking strong in the pass game for sure. All right, so moving on to wide receivers, um, the, you know that we had we had a run on them in the in the you know up from five to ten. There were three that went, uh, notably Jamar Chase with, with the first one taken for the Bengals. Second was Jalen Waddle taken for from uh, for Miami. And then, of course, Devonta Smith went number 10 to Philadelphia. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, when Jalen Waddle was drafted at, drafted at six and Devonta Smith wasn't off the board yet, do you think that he secretly in his mind was like, yeah, screw you, dude. I would have won the Heisman last year had I not got hurt. <laughs> I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they're probably buddies, and I'm sure that that's not a real thing, but deep down, you know, you had to think – got to think that he was he's a little bit, you know, pissed oh, yeah. off that he got hurt. And, you know, then a wide receiver wins the, wins the Heisman Trophy whenever he arguably was, was better than Devonta Smith from day one. So, what do you think that thought process was, thought process was for Waddle whenever he was selected at six and uh, Smith wasn't off the board yet? I'm sure it feels great for him. I mean, he, he's been a part of <laughs> some Alabama national title teams, so it's not like I'm going to feel bad for the guy, but yeah. – um, I mean, he was he was always kind of viewed as at most the fourth wide receiver uh, when he was given a chance. You know, he didn't have much chances. We saw what he could do in the return game. We we know he's phenomenal. Uh, and then when he finally did get his chance last year, he he got injured and he was off to a fantastic start. Like you said, he would have had a huge season. Uh, I remember playing DFS. It, you know, Waddle and Smith were both going crazy early on, and I preferred Waddle just because you know they were targeting him more in the in the short routes. I, th I thought he was getting more catches, and if you give Jalen Waddle eight to 10 catches a game, especially oh, yeah. in the college realm, he's going to break at least one of them because that kid is phenomenal with the ball. So I, I don't think I would have drafted him in the top 10, but um, I mean, he, he's very special to watch. He's interesting. He's got like that running back build, you know, he's, he's kind of shorter and stockier. You don't really see that build very often, um, but I, I, I'm very excited to watch him play more. And with a top 10 investment, he should get the ball a decent amount. So I'm really excited to see how that works out. All right, so next up, uh, well, we didn't really – not really next up, but Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. Now, this was my least favorite pick, not because I dislike Jamar Chase, but because I really, really hate the fact that uh, Cincinnati didn't take Penny Sewell, Sewell or, at the very least, Rashawn Slater, who, who a lot of people, a lot of analysts out there – and when I say analysts, I'm talking about people that get paid to do this kind of stuff. Now, I know everybody can be hot taking that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to dive in the way that these guys dive in on draft prospects. One, I just don't feel like it because I'm kind of lazy. But two, that is a lot of stuff to do for, mm -hmm. for, for, for you know, scouting guys like this. Um, you know, Joe Burrow comes out, has, 
the greatest season for any quarterback in college football. Goes uh, number one overall. Had COVID happened in two in two years ago instead of last year, uh, Joe Burrow is probably an undrafted free agent. But either way, he's the number one overall pick. So you've got all this money invested in him. His very first year on on uh, on the team, he gets his knee, his ACL, MCL, PCL, all the CLs just tore all the shit. And then instead of getting him a big time offensive lineman to help him, you go get him another wide receiver. And 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 Jamar Chase is great, and I know there's a connection there, but I'm not one of the guys that sits here and think that oh man because. Joe Burrow had that one great season with Jamar Chase, then they're automatically going to step in, and Chase is going to be a 1,500-yard receiver and you know 10 touchdowns a week, you know the first first year. I don't, I don't, I'm not all about that narrative. What the narrative I am about though is making sure that your your uh, your first overall pick can stay on his feet for long enough to get rid of the ball down the field to whoever the hell they have on the team, regardless whether he's a top five pick or not. I just I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm not a big fan of of this pick and like I said it's not it has nothing to do with Jamar Chase it's got everything to do with the fact that of that big you know eight to ten inch scar on Joe Burrow's knee when he's sitting on that Bengals throne in those photos that were out on Twitter uh, you know a, a week or two ago. Yeah, I I mean I definitely would have taken Sewell like you know probably with like eighty five percent confidence if I if I was doing yeah, this absolutely I, I, man. I, and the thing with Sewell, it's kind of similar to Fields to me. And again, he didn't, you know, he's a, he's a number seven pick, but it's weird in that. I mean, this guy has been super, super, super highly talked about um, by scouts since he's got there. Uh, he, he has a complete, you know, well-rounded game. He's, he's pretty much everybody's first offensive lineman. I know Slater was catching some buzz later on, and obviously that didn't turn out to be true because he went 13. Mm-hmm. Um he was just a phenomenal prospect and like he was being mocked, you know, like number two behind Lawrence. That was before we knew which quarterback, uh, you know, fields Sewell and Lawrence in the top three. It was Sewell. Like he, he did nothing except like he was damn, damn near perfect for Oregon. Yeah. Like, and he projects well in both the pass and running. There's nothing not to like. So I thought that was weird. He slipped to seven. Um, and for all the reasons outlined, uh, I, I would have taken him as well. Uh, the, one thing I've heard where people who are more of a fan of this pick than I am, what they've said is um, that, you know, Jamar Chase is, was pretty much the unanimous wide receiver number one uh, in this draft class. So pretty, you know, it seems like I, I know Waddle went the next pick, but mo- most scouts were saying he was head and shoulders above the rest of the wide receivers. And in today's passing game, uh, you can make an argument that a wide receiver one is actually more valuable than a tackle is what some people have been saying. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And it does seem a little gimmicky to me to try to put Chase there just because they have that college connection. Um, not to shit on that or anything. Chase is fantastic. Um, <laughs> but it just seems it's kind of stretching it. And then when you're saying Chase is the clear unanimous wide receiver one, well, is he? Because Kyle Pitts is kind of a wide receiver too. And he went number four. So I, I'm just not sure I agree with these narratives. Look, and, and another thing about Chase, um, he only did it one year, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, at the, at, whenever you're really looking at it now, that one year was great, but let's let's look at this. Let's take a few steps back and let's look at Jamar Chase. Freshman year, didn't even know he was on the team, right? He may have done mm-hmm. some stuff here or there. Sophomore year, he is absolutely electric. But so was every single player on that LSU team that year. Right. Yeah. I mean, you had a 6,000 yard and 60 touchdown quarterback. You had three wide receivers that are now in the NFL. Uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, some people, and I don't know that I agree with this, but I've heard some people make the argument that Jamar Chase was the third best wide receiver on his team in 2019 behind Terrace Marshall, uh, Justin Jefferson, and then, of course, Chase. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with that, but people try to make that argument, right? Okay. So, so do we think that the 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns was a repeatable thing if him and Joe Burrow were back together the following year? Maybe they all come back again for one more run, try to double up on the national championship. I don't even think he gets close to that. I think he had a great season. You know, damn near – I hate to – I kind of don't like this term, but like a magical type of season, you know, something that's not never going to be repeated until, you know, Devonta Smith broke the record the following year. But – uh but yeah, so you know them taking Chase over over Sewell right there. I thought that was, you know what, you know what they that they're going to deserve Joe Burrow 
being a bust because of injuries at this point. If if Joe Burrow goes down as you know one of those all time you know first overall pick busts, it's going to be because they didn't get him the help that he needed to be successful at the NFL level, which is a friggin' offensive line. You can have all these great wide receivers out there, and like you said, you made a good point. In today's pass-happy game, you can make the argument that a true wide receiver one is more important than a left tackle, but I just don't see it. You know, I see I don't you don't hardly ever see teams with really bad offensive lines competing for Super Bowls. Right? And that's yeah. and ultimately if that's not if that's not your end game, then what are, what are you out there for, right? And uh, you know, I know Joe Burrow, you know, expressed uh, disgust really last year with the fact that they were losing so many games. You know, he wasn't – he's not a fan of losing. And, you know, I, 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 I'm I, not a huge Joe Burrow fan, but I do respect that about him. He's a competitor. And, uh, yeah, I just – I think they missed – I think they missed – they swung and missed big time on this pick here. And I get why, but I just I just can't get on board with it. I mean, uh, next- Chase, Chase will have to be absolutely elite elite production pretty much from the time he gets there for this pick yeah. to be worth it in my yeah, opinion. It's, it's and he might. Be. He might. He very well could. And maybe his one breakout year – was just a look into the, you know, what what's to come. And, it, you know, it's more of the rule instead of the exception. Maybe it was. I'm just a little bit more pessimistic about those giant, huge 1,720 touchdown seasons. You know, they just don't seem real repeatable to me. Yeah. All right. So, next up, we got Devonta Smith at 10 to, to Philadelphia. What's your thoughts on Devonta Smith going, you know, hooking back up with Jalen Hurts in Philly? Yeah, I, I know I sent a tweet out, like, uh, Devonte Smith's fantasy value, um, maybe n- not the perfect landing spot, so to speak, with Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. I, I know Jalen Hurts is exciting, and I'm a, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy for the most part. I root for him. I, I, I like you know I'm showing showing him some respect, but not exactly uh, you know the elite thrower of the football in the NFL. Um, so I'm not sure how that'll work. I, I do think it's a good landing spot uh, for the simple reason that they're in desperate need of wide receivers, and I think he can go in there. And, you know, be a starting receiver right away, expected to catch a lot of balls. So, uh, and he's good short, he's good intermediate, and he's good long, which is why I like Devonta Smith. He's very versatile. A lot of people don't necessarily think that because they look at him and they see he's 165 pounds. But mm-hmm. he actually, he makes a killing in in the inter, uh, intermediate routes. Like, he just gets separation on, on pretty much every play. Uh, he's very, 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 very difficult to guard. Um, has a nice route tree. So, I think it's fine. Um, I know you made a comment, Kevin, about, uh, the Eagles trading up was a bit strange because they didn't end up, you know, needing to trade up. They would have had them at 12, I think, as their original spot. So it just do you want to talk about way. that at all? Yeah, no, it just seemed that way because uh, who did Chicago trade with? Wasn't it the Giants? Yeah. Chicago traded up to the 11th spot to take fields. And then the, the Eagles were, what, at the 14th spot? Where was the Eagles at originally? Uh, I think they were 12th. 12th. Okay. Oh, yeah. They 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 swapped with Dallas. Yeah. They thought that was a weird thing that Dallas was trading their pick to the Eagles. You know, in, you know, in, entered in, inside the division, all that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you, you would assume that Dallas is not looking for a wide receiver, right? Uh, but you know, obviously, with what uh, New York did, New York was definitely looking for a wide receiver because they took Kadarius Tony at number twenty. So. Now that that had happened, now it makes a ton more sense to me because whenever it first happened, whenever me and you were talking about, I was thinking, well, the Giants, you know, maybe they're looking for a wide receiver, but they just brought in Galladay. You know, they got a lot of they got a lot of broken shit on on the team for uh, for the Giants, you know. And after Devonta Smith went, or excuse me, um, you know, the Cowboys weren't looking for one. Maybe the Giants do, but then now looking back, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty and all, it, it makes a lot more sense now knowing that the Giants traded back and then took what a lot of people consider to be one of the, the next best wide receivers. I wouldn't have. I would have taken somebody different, obviously. But, uh, but no, I definitely get it now. At the time, though, I thought that was a strange thing to trade picks away in future assets to jump up and grab Smith whenever he was going to more than likely be there. Um, but, you know, they still get Kadarius Tony plus a couple picks for the Giants, you know, trading back. And then Philly got up and got their guy. And, you know, it's, you know – I talk about this all the time, especially in fantasy football. You know, if it's if you got a guy, go get him. You know, quit worrying about you know your ADP. Go grab him. So apparently, Devonta Smith was going to be their guy, and they they went up and got him. So it makes a lot of sense now, though. Yeah, and you know, trading up, we'll we'll see how that works out. But 
I think it, it actually makes a ton of sense once you see how the draft plays out. Because, I mean, the Giants traded back and went with a wide receiver. But, like, I don't know, in my opinion, comparing Tony to Devonta Smith, like, I know there's only 10 picks separating them. But, like, man, I would have those guys pretty far separated as far yeah. as how I think their NFL careers are going to go. And I could be totally wrong, but like, I, I think that definitely worked out for Philadelphia and Giants fans. Like, okay, I guess you traded back and you still got a wide receiver, but man, those are two yeah, different that stinks. guys. Yeah, that stings for sure. Yeah. All right. So other wide receivers gone in the first round, of course, Kadarius Tony, we just talked about. Uh, we got Rashad Bateman at 27 to the, uh, to the Ravens. And that would be all the wide receivers. So let's talk about Rashad Bateman. I I hate the the, the fact that he went to Baltimore because yeah. uh, they run the ball seventy five times a game and throw it about fifteen times a game, and they're kind of not really that good at throwing the ball. So that sucks for Rashad Bateman long term because I really like Rashad Bateman. Uh, he him and him and Tyler Johnson together a couple years ago up at uh, up in Minnesota was was really fun to watch. Uh, but good for good for Rashad, Rashad Bateman, a first round wide receiver. Uh, he should be going into a pretty good situation because they don't really have a lot of receiving talent on the field, and it's looking more and more like Marquise Brown cannot be a wide receiver one in the NFL. So maybe Rashad Bateman steps into a to a pretty uh, a pretty heavy target share come right off right out right out of the draft. Yeah, I was a little surprised when it seemed like Bateman might slip out of the first round with a lot of reporting before the draft started. Uh, I'm a big Bateman fan. I, I, one thing uh, I, I saw that was thrown around there that I, I wanted to give uh, some insight on, uh, a lot of people are you know calling him a slot wide receiver and that he did not have a fantastic season last year uh, and how that's a bit worrisome. Well, when he really made all his hay in 2019, he was on the outside and that's his natural position. And that's really where he's going to thrive. He, he, he has a pretty diverse route tree. And in my opinion, he's definitely an outside receiver, which is very valuable. Um, the reason why he was playing the slot, I mean, that's PJ Flex offense. So they just feed targets to the slot. Yeah. Um, if you paid any attention to Minnesota football, we talked about it a little bit not too long ago. They had like no healthy offensive linemen all season long. And they were just feeding Bateman short slot routes. It, you know, they were not maximizing his potential whatsoever. And we saw what you could do when you maximize his potential, even with Tyler Johnson out there on the field. So um, that, that was a guy, another guy was a little bit confused that I thought he might fall, but 27, uh, at least, at least he gets a good chance to, to stick on the Ravens. You know, he should have a good, good chance to start week one. For sure. All right. So the two running backs going in the first round, we had Najee Harris went to the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24 and Travis Etienne to the Jacksonville Jaguars at pick 25, which Jacksonville traded up to get into. So uh, let's start with Najee Harris first. You know, the consensus running back one, for the most part in his class, goes to Pittsburgh, who uses their running backs pretty heavily. Uh, One thing I have started to to really pay attention to and realize, you know, if you're a top 10, top 12 running back selected, you know, in this top 10 or 12 picks, that usually spells – a ton of usage and hey look you're going to be the workhorse we're going to give you the rock you know if you're in the the end end to that that middle end of the first round then it doesn't necessarily mean that hey look we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna just force feed you the ball you know think uh, uh zeke uh think uh leonard fournette those kind of guys they went they both went inside the top 10 they uh saquon barkley and they were just fed the rock now on the flip side think uh clyde edwards hilaire taking last pick of the first round he was everybody's darling last year coming out goes to a great landing spot great pass catching back uh everything looked like it was going to be great for you know clyde edwards hilaire and it just didn't pan out the right way so especially with how bad pittsburgh's uh, offensive line is what are your thoughts on Najee Harris and what do you expect from him this year? Uh, you know, essentially, you know, fighting with Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane in the back backfield there. Yeah, I think he gets a ton of work and he immediately becomes, uh, you know, like probably a high-end RB2. I haven't looked at a ton of the rankings, but um, just the fact he's going to get the ball a ton. We've seen Pittsburgh likes to do that with their backs. Uh, and if you, like you said, if you're drafting him in the first round when you have a need at running back, I think he's going to get the ball an absolute ton. And he's going to get a lot of receiving work as well. So, yeah, he, he's going to be a stud next year. All righty. So, on to Travis Etienne, poor James Robinson. You know, he, he, we, everybody was wondering whether or not they would, uh, whether they would pass on a running back in the first couple rounds to, to kind of solidify James Robinson as their starter. 
They do not do that. They trade up to take Travis Etienne at 25 to reunite him with his college quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and we know what they've done for the past three years or four, yeah, three years for, for one and four years for the other. Uh, they've been great. You know, uh, Travis Etienne's a great, an absolutely fantastic pass catching back out of the backfield. May not be, you know, truly big enough to handle that every down workload. Uh, what do you think about the Urban Meyer uh, smoke screen with Cl- uh, Carlos Hyde and James Robinson being the one-two punch and then Etienne being the third down back? What's your thoughts on that that, that entire comment right there? Because I have my own thoughts on it. I'm really glad you brought it up. I, I don't think I've seen enough of Urban in the NFL to know exactly. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's a bad look no matter what it is. If it's a smoke screen, if he's joking, if he's serious, obviously, you know why would you re- take a third down back 25th? Exactly. I don't really think he's serious. You know exactly what it reminded me of. I can't remember who the coach was, but in, when, when this coach was in Miami is when they drafted Ted Ginn in the like top 18 picks. I want to say he went 18th overall. Uh, and he said, well, we're really lo- looking forward to him to being our punt returner this year. He's going to be great in the return game. And I, and I was I was pretty young then. You know, I, that was probably what? Ed Ginn's – or Ted Ginn – Ed Ginn. Uh, Ted Ginn has been in the league, or he may be retired now. I know he's playing for the, uh, the Saints a couple years ago, but that's been, what, 12 years or so he's yeah. been in the league? So, I mean, I was in my early 20s, and I remember when I heard that coach say that, and I thought, what? You traded – you – you took a guy in the first round so you could have a punt return? Like that doesn't that doesn't sound right. And it was just one of those things that never left. I always think about that whenever I see just this this boneheaded pick. And and look, and I think the world of Urban Meyer, I think he's the me personally, I think he was one of the top two best college football coaches that's coached in, in our generation, uh, next to Nick Saban. But and I would have absolutely loved him to come to Texas. You know, that that's neither here nor there now, but just don't say that. If you, even if you think it, just keep it to yourself until you know after the draft, whole draft process is over. You can't say that out loud because you know you got to know you're going to get roasted for saying that. Yeah, my my thing with ETN. I mean, I'm taking any running back in the first round. You know, probably not what I would do. Whatever, but I do have some of those same concerns where I I'm not quite sure he's going to be a 20 carry, 25 carry a game guy. I don't think that's what he's going to be. However. We've seen modern NFL, you know, you can use some guys where you get them maybe that amount of touches, but they're not all rushes. So yeah. I, I think I think the comparison guys were making uh, ETN to Alvin Kamara. I definitely think if ETN is going to be successful in the NFL, which I think he could, I think you have to use him as that Alvin Kamara where he, he may not be getting every single carry, but he's getting a huge workload and you're still making use of his explosiveness without just slamming him, you know, into the line of scrimmage every single yeah. play. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you're looking at anywhere from 8 to 10, 8 to 12 carries a game, uh, 7 to 8 targets every game, and I think that's going to be his wheelhouse. Now, yeah. we, we, we all know how explosive Etienne is. Uh, we know that he is he's, he's he is every bit of an 8 yards per rush type of player, right? So he may not need 20 carries a game to be to be relevant and to be a really yeah. good producer for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars because he's going to be on the field a lot. You wouldn't have took him at 25th overall. You wouldn't have traded up to take him at 25th overall if you weren't going to use him and use him a lot. I just don't think it's going to be just, you know, this bell cow workhorse situation. I think you're going to be anywhere from that, like I said, 8 to 10, 8 to 12 carries a game and then a, a good amount of passing work. Yeah. All right, so before we get out of the first round, uh, kind of go back through any of the offensive linemen you want to hit on, any of the the defensive players, uh, who are some guys that you like and that – that you think were drafted in a, in a great spot and should succeed early. Yeah. I think Patrick Sertan, I mean, you know, he's the second quarterback taken, but he just seems like a guy who he's been successful from day one. He's a hard worker. He has all the talent in the world. I'd be absolutely shocked if Sertan doesn't have, you know, a 10 year NFL career barring injury. Um, one guy, I, I'll tell you right now that I, I did not like, um, and, I don't want to shit on this pick too much because a lot of guys had him as the top ranked guard, but um, <laughs> Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC went 14th overall. The Jets actually traded up to get Tucker. And like, I understand it. I like what the Jets are doing. You know, they're, they're trying to get Wilson all the help in the world. They got some nice skill guys. They got him an offensive lineman, the 14 overall pick. But the last time I saw this guy on my television, Kevin, he was getting <laughs> absolutely embarrassed by Kayvon Thibodeau. The end on, on Oregon. I understand Thibodeau should be a top five pick 
you know, maybe top 10 pick. We've seen some weird positional things. A lot of quarterbacks going early, but um, I mean, absolutely embarrassed. Like it was bad. Like, he looked like he should not be on the field. <laughs> um, and his stats were great all season. I understand, you know, I didn't watch every single USC game full, full game, but when I did, he, he did not impress me at all. And uh, yeah, it seems like he's going to be switching positions from tackle to guard. I guess he switched positions before, but that just seemed like a weird place to be trading up to select a guy like that, in my opinion. Well, and and you hit the nail on the head. And if you're going to if you're going to do that, you better be doing it to protect a quarterback and not getting him a bunch of weapons out there where he's going to be on his back trying to throw. I I, I got no problem with yeah. people trading up for the for the offensive lineman. Just for the simple fact is is the offensive and defensive line are they are. They're, they're, they're the key to moving the football. If you have a shitty offensive line, you can't move the football. You can't be successful, period. You know, so as of right now, the Jets have a lot of pieces, a lot of young pieces. So we could be looking, and it's is funny to even say this out loud, but we could be looking at the Jets being, you know, somewhat competitive here in a couple of years when these guys yeah. get, you know, into that veteran status because uh, they should be able to, and especially with all this first-round talent, they have that fifth-year option they can always go with. So it's uh, it, the Jets – the Jets are probably always going to jet at the end of the day. You know, they're probably always going to be pretty shitty, but they're probably yeah. not going to be second overall pick shitty. You know, so, no. so, uh, but, and the one, and I wanted to hit on this one before, before I, before I let you keep going, but the Rashawn Slater pick from Northwestern, this is exactly what the Bengals should have done for their new superstar quarterback. They take one of the better offensive tackles in the, in the draft to protect the guy's blind side and to keep him standing upright. Uh, keep in mind the Chargers were had a really good defense, but between the opt-outs and injuries that they had, it really hurt them last year. They were in a lot of close games. Uh, actually pulled off a couple of them this year compared to last year where they didn't, you know, they lost like nine games within, you know, less than seven points or some crazy stat like that. So good on good on the Chargers for getting somebody to help out uh, to help out um, Herbert. And keep him standing upright and keep him pushing that ball down the field. Uh, receivers don't do you a whole lot of good if you're, you know, laying on your back picking, you know, turf out of your face mask. So, all right, keep on rolling, brother. What else you get? What what's your other other thoughts? Uh, I think I'm ready to move on to round two. All myself, right. Unless you have anybody else you want to hit on. I uh, know. I'm just looking through here real quick. Famous strokes. No. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Green Bay taking Eric Stokes from Georgia cornerback, something that they that they that they apparently needed, but like it's just a a major fuck you to, to Aaron Rodgers. You know, if you're going to be a crybaby and get mad because Jordan Love called you a a run, take your ass on somewhere else. You know, <laughs> I just I heard I, I read something on I read that on Twitter and I, I I have no idea if it's true or not, but I hope it is because that is the funniest most diva shit that I've ever heard of that's worse than any wide receiver that I've ever heard of get something getting mad about and then, you know, being disgusted because some 22-year-old, 23-year-old kid called you A.A. Ron you got your feelings hurt. I hope it's true, and it makes me dislike – it makes me like Aaron Rodgers a little bit less, but I still hope it's true. Okay, round two. All right, so coming into round two, hit the, what's, what's your first takeaway in round two and, let, and just kind of just kind of grab a couple guys that you like and let's discuss yeah, so like you said, the group think the group think that was going around, uh, you know, NFL draft Twitter. Everybody loved Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, um, and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't have many thoughts on Elijah Moore. I think he's fine. I think he's a good slot receiver, um, and that's about all I thought. But I, I did like how the Jets, like we said, they, they're at least trying to have a clear identity, which um, is much different than the Jets team we've seen in the past, where they're just, I don't know, just go play football and win. Except yeah. they don't they never win, they lose. So I don't know what their identity has been, but I, I did like that they went up and got more. Yeah, so here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Jets. This is what I was talking about just before. You know, they got they got Zach Wilson at two. They take the uh the offense of the Bear Tucker at I think it was thirteen, maybe something 14. like that. Fourteen. And then they go out and get Elijah Moore. So there's three key pieces on a team. You know, you have what people are clamoring that could be a, a and I don't I I I don't want to use the elite term too loosely, but that's what everybody wants to say in the Twitter sphere. A very good, very strong wide receiver that can catch a lot of quick, quick passes out of the slot. And then you get, you know, it's just, 
it's looks like they're trying to build a core, a nucleus of really young guys. You know, they, they've already got some young talent out there. They just had some really shitty coaching, right? So uh, now that Adam Gase is gone, maybe he stops fucking up everything. Maybe they start, you know, getting the ball rolling a little bit and start moving the ball. So good, good on the Jets. I, I, I'm not a Jets fan, but I think what they did in the draft was respectable. Yep. Um, one guy I want to point out that uh, I am a big fan of this pick is Aziz Ojalari, linebacker out of Georgia, edge guy really to the Giants at number fifty. Uh, I know this guy was injured. I believe he tore his ACL, um, you know, not long before the draft. So I, I think that dropped him down a little bit. But, uh, you know, in the Georgia games I watched and all the college football games I watched last year, um, he was the best edge rusher uh, that I saw. And I, I didn't know if it was particularly close. He was he was the most impressive. Um, and he wasn't just an edge rusher. I know that term, like we have DNs, edge rushers, outside linebackers. It, it's very confusing, but yes, he yes, plays yes. on the edge. Okay. Yeah. So, um, no, so, sorry, go ahead. Keep on, finish up. Yeah, I, I just want to say, if, if he comes back healthy, which it, it sounds like he probably should, he's a young kid, uh, I would be very, very, very surprised if he does not have a long, successful career. And I understand there were some concerns. Maybe his ceiling isn't as high as these other guys which seems to be the craze with the edge rushers nowadays, right? Can you get that mm-hmm. six, seven guy who runs a four or five uh, 40? But in my opinion, that's how you end up with some, some Dion Jordans of the world getting drafted where they have no business getting drafted. <laughs> and then you got a guy like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you got those, those spandex 40 time heroes that, that, that climb up right. draft boards just because they're big and they run real fast. But you know, big and fast doesn't necessarily mean good. No, it doesn't. And Ojalari is fucking good. Okay, he's a really good player in the SEC. He's produced. Um, he's versatile. You can line him up. You know, Georgia used him in different spots. He can even cover a little bit. So yeah, I, I did not think he should have fallen to fifty. All right. So two, the only other two guys that I want to talk about, and I'll let you finish up uh, after this. But uh, Rondell Moore at forty nine uh, to Arizona. I think. That's about as good as a landing spot for for a smaller wide receiver that that you could ask for. Uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins uh, across from you, taking all the double teams. You know, you got Rondell Moore moving around, super, super, super athletic. Uh, a very young breakout age. Of, of course, dealt with some injuries over the past two years. Uh, freshman year, though, he was an absolute animal out there, just roasting fools all over the field. So even if, if he can get back to that level playing opposite of uh, DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray, you know, that offense being able to as fast pace as they are, you know, they're not super good inside the red zone, but they're pretty damn good at getting the ball to the red zone. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm pretty pumped about Rondell Moore going to Arizona. You got any thoughts on that? No, I, I am too. It's the perfect landing spot. Um, and, and this is another one kind of like Mac Jones, uh, you know, right here, right in the middle of the second round, whereas Jones was in the middle of the first I, just, I like the landing spot. I, I think, uh, you know, if Moore would have gone in the first round, you know, you could have nitpicked him a little bit. We don't really know what his route tree is, blah, 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 blah. But what we do know, Kevin, is this guy was an insane producer from the first day he got on campus. Um, we know he – we can't call him a freak athlete on this show, Kevin, but no, he is. No. He's definitely very athletic, though. <laughs> but he is insanely athletic in the weight room, uh, lifting, jumping, et cetera. Like his, his, so I, I get it. He's short. But like, I mean that that's about all I see. Like I understand so Steve Purdue. Smith. Steve Smith was short. He'd be all right. Yeah, there's a lot of short dudes. Jalen Waddle's short. Like, I mean, come on. Now I know all the analytics. There's a lot of analytics out there that points to the direction like, hey, look, if you're under so much whatever your height and your BMI and all analytics yeah. draft Twitter, I know that there's data that supports the fact that Rondo Moore is not going to transition to the NFL that Devonta yeah. Smith is not going to transition to NFL. But at the end of the day, folks, you got to play the game, right? You know, there are exceptions to every rule. Uh, so <clears throat> and until they until they actually bust in the NFL, I'm not going to consider anybody busts, right? And it, but And, again, until they boom in the NFL, I'm not going to consider anybody a home run pick. Yeah. Um, the, the last guy I want to talk about here is Tampa Bay taking Kyle Trask at the end of the second round. Man, <laughs> You cannot if, – if you're Kyle Trask, this is the absolute perfect spot for you to be in. You get to play behind Tom Brady for what probably is going to be at least another two years, you know. I mean, he's knocking on the door playing at MVP level as it is. He's not going to retire anytime soon, I don't think. But if you get to sit behind 
the greatest quarterback to ever play the game for a couple years and then step into a Bruce Arians-led offense, man, that's, that's pretty sweet. Especially if he does get the starting job later on down the road, he's going to have guys like Chris Godwin. He's going to have guys like Mike Evans, if they stay with the team, of course. You know, Tyler Johnson, you know, he's got he's got a lot of things to look forward to if he can land that starting job here in the next three or four years. Yeah, I agree. I, it's kind of become fashionable to hate on Kyle Trask. I always felt like I was defending him in our pods, <laughs> which which is weird because he had a fantastic season, but it's just like, oh, he had Kyle Pitts, he had Tony, he throws too many interceptable balls that he gets bailed out on. And like, okay, all that was true, but at the end of the day, he had a fantastic season and he throws probably the prettiest ball I saw in college football last year. He, he really fits them into the tight windows. Uh, and that, that's what NFL scouts like. So I do think a lot of those tight window throws might turn into interceptions, but as long as he makes some adjustments, I, I do think he has a chance to stick around probably as a backup, but I do think he has a shot. All right. Anybody else you want to cover in the second round before I move on? Uh, no, I'll just say the two, two Atwell pick. I, I mean, that's when you're talking about the NFL drafting Alex guy and this guy's what, like 155 pounds. Oh, dude, so he's tiny. He's like the size uh, of my left leg. And it's not like he's Rondell Moore where he, you know, benches more than the offensive lineman and jumps 40 <laughs> inches in the air. He, he He's not quite that that sort of athlete and that well-rounded of a player. So, yeah, that one. Miss me on that one, but give me Rondell. All right. So, moving on to the third round, um, first thing that stands out to me here, and I, I, bet, I bet if I give you three guesses, J.D., you'd be able to – you'd only need one. But Kellamon going – just I, it just blows me away that he's even drafted. Right, I just I don't get it. He never, never, not one time did I, was I watching an an A and M game. And look, and I'm I'm a fantasy player, so I watch all the games. And if I got a guy playing on A and M on my team, I'm going to watch friggin' Texas A and M play. But I hated watching Kellen Mond play, even for a second. I hated him, or not hated him. No, <laughs> I got nothing against him. But I hated watching them play because how bad he was. He was just so vanilla and like mediocre. I just can't believe that he got drafted, especially in the third round. It just, it blew me away. So, so try to can't, or, I mean, I don't know if you're in the same boat as me or not, but kill him on. T- t- tell me, tell me what's, what's the like there. Okay. So I, I, I have defended Kellen Mond in the past and I guess it's that he's athletic. Um, he's somewhat accurate. Uh, he, he kind of has, he sort of has all the tools. He doesn't, he's not really fantastic. at If you're sitting there scouting him, it's like, okay, he has tools. And I mean, that's about it. He has, <laughs> he has tools and he has a lot of experience, I guess. I mean, okay. I thought he was finding, I thought he was fine in college. So that's why I defended him. You know, I didn't think he was bad by any means. Um, but he, he just was fine. He never really took that next step. So in my opinion, I, I'm in the same boat with you. Like if you have four years to figure it out. You have an eternity to figure it out. And we just, we didn't see that progress that everybody was expecting him to make. So I don't know why we would expect to see that now that he's in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, another pick here, then this will be the last one that I talk about in, in this, in this section here is, is Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame going to, uh, going to Carolina. I think this is going to do big things for the running game. Tommy Trimble is a really, really impressive run blocker. I know we talked about him a little bit over the, uh, during last mm-hmm. season. Um, you know, he was going to be, you know, one of the, the next in line of those great Notre Dame tight ends. They really didn't use him a ton in the passing game, but he was like the key to the running game for, for Notre Dame. So so I, I know you're a Tommy Trimble fan, so 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 drop a little knowledge on me about Tommy Trimble and what you think his role is going to be with Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely a, a target that I, I would have liked my team to get. I thought he was going to go in the later rounds. Third round is a bit early, but I think that just means that these, these NFL scouts have seen what I've seen, you know, obviously watching, uh, you know, every Notre Dame game, I pick up on it a little bit more, but no, he, he was, he was definitely the key to their running game, which I mean, I know they had a good offensive line and Kyron Williams is, is pretty impressive himself, but I mean, Tommy Tremble was the key. This guy, this guy was the best blocker I saw. Um, I, I don't want to be too hyperbolic here, but it, them you know the best pound for pound blocker in college football last year i mean at least to my eyes i wouldn't think he was far off i certainly think he's in the conversation so and it's not it's not like he's a chump in the passing game either i mean he was expected to be uh you know i saw i saw a few beat writers you know saying he was expected to be the 
the passing tight end going into last year. And then Michael Meyer, uh, you know, the very impressive freshman, he, he took over that role. And that's just how good Meyer was. Meyer looks like a super recruit and he's another guy that people are going to be all over when it's his turn to get drafted. So I don't, I don't think he's a zero in the passing. I do, I do think he can go on the field and I do expect him to be, I expect him to be on the field a ton his, his rookie year. And, and honestly, if you lined him up as a fullback, I mean, Notre Dame did that a little bit. I know mm-hmm. teams don't use fullbacks a lot, but he's that kind of guy. I mean, I don't know how many fullbacks got drafted here. I'm assuming only like one or two. And, and Tommy Trample, you can line him up pretty much anywhere. He's going to be a fantastic special special teams guy as well. All right. So rapid round here. Throw some names out that you like from the from this point on in the draft and a couple of names that you don't like, and that's what we'll finish out the show with. Yeah. Uh, so Tylen Wallace goes to the Ravens in the fourth round at 131. And I understand uh, he has his negatives. I won't even go into him. And that's why he dropped. But I mean, he dropped. So I, I like that value. Um, getting a guy who was as productive as he was. Big time. I'll stand here. Hold my hand. My yeah. Hand. I know the videos, the, the, the video stream is turned off, but huge Tylen Wallace fan. Hated that he went to, to Baltimore, but if, if they're trying to improve the passing game out there, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace can definitely have a pretty good hand in, in, uh, in bringing that up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see who else here. Uh, I think Michael Carter, running back mm-hmm. out of North Carolina, who went to the Jets. I, I expect to see him playing uh, his rookie year, probably mostly as a, as a third down guy, like we said. But in, in today's NFL, you know, it gets a little different. If you're going more up-tempo, sometimes these guys see the field. It's not just strictly third down. So I do expect to see Michael Carter. I think he can be productive um, in his rookie season. I don't expect him to be a lead back, probably. I don't really expect him to be a lead back ever, but I, I do think he could be one of those. He, he's not exactly James White. He's a little bit more of a rusher, but I do think he could be one of those guys in PPR leagues who's relevant for, for a number of seasons. Um. And then let's see anybody else here. Uh, Nobody else really Bre- jumping off. Definitely the Brevin. Definitely Brevin Jordan in the fifth to Houston. Um, yeah. Very good tight end. He is more of a receiving tight end. Uh, obviously, he's 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 very athletic. Uh, hate that he went to to uh, Houston, but you know, yeah. that looks like just a cesspool of of going. Two and sixteen or two and fifteen over the next couple of years, they just look like they're going to be really bad. But uh, but good, I, I do. I'm a big fan of Brevin Jordan. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be able to to to, to see the field pretty early, especially because tight ends are pretty hard to come by. Especially really good pass catching tight ends. So I, I think he'll be able to make a make a make a little bit of noise. Yeah, he he was impressive. I, I understand the downside. So again, I won't list the downsides. That's why that's why he went round five. But like. <laughs> He's pretty special. You see some of his runs. If you go look, all you need to do is watch a highlight tape, and you'll be like, "Okay, this this kid's special." So if he can put it all together, yeah, that that would be tremendous. All right, you got anybody else you want to hit on? Um, yeah, one more guy is popping out here as I'm scrolling through. Uh, Amir Smith Marset, wide receiver out of Iowa, went to the Vikings, number one fifty seven. Um, we kind of we talked about this. We were making fun of Iowa. Uh, when we were talking about Tyler Goodson, where pretty much everybody there for 40 years, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They've had the same players forever. Like nobody really stands out. Right. They're, they're just a part of the system. Like George Kittle was just a tight end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just tight Um, end day at the NFL. And so I don't know what Amir Smith Marset's going to be, but I will say there were moments watching him. uh, You know, he was pretty versatile. They used him on jet sweeps. I'm not exactly sure, you know, how much of a, route tree he has to start so it might take him a little while but he definitely was extremely impressive in the open field i saw a lot, a lot of traits out of him that you know i i don't think too many guys in college football had so if he could put it together i think that's one name that could come out of nowhere or he could just not know how to run routes and nothing could happen so <laughs> um but, but that's about it all right well that's going to do it for us this week folks uh Tune in next week. We're going to be back talking to our normal college football banner. And uh, for you fantasy football guys out there, stay tuned. We'll have an, uh, we'll have a fantasy football version, essentially, of this show. And we'll be breaking down the fantasy impact of all our favorite college players going into the NFL for the first week. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week. Deuces. Well,